Hey, David Allen here from Confession Radio and the Podcast Whisperer. I am so excited today to tell you guys about Anchor. Anchor Anchor.fm gives you all the tools that you need to create your own podcast. And the best part, it's free. You can monetize from it. You have creation tools that allow you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And it will distribute as well to all the major podcast websites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of those amazing, amazing podcast platforms. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Please welcome this amazing pro session singer, writer, confession radio reader, voiceover artist, who also is the co-founder of Brain Stamp Music, based in Metro Detroit and Nashville. Also in 2015, she released an 11-song album called Zebrastone, which is personally one of my favorites, Mella Barnes to Confession Radio. Hello, Mella. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been too long, and I apologize. That was my fault. Hey. <laughs> how have you been since the last time we spoke? I'm good. I can't believe 2015. I still feel like I released it like last year. So it's always crazy to get that wake up call that, wow, I I need to step my game up. I <laughs> I'm but working it's... on stuff, but just like, eh, I released an album last year already. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's fun. Well, you know, it's it's so timeless, you know, because I, I do listen to it every so often. And I just it just reminds me it's such a great album. I really do love the, the album. Thank you. So what? Uh, so you've been on Confessions for a, a while now. It's been a very long time. Catch us up. Yeah. What's what's been going on in your world? I'm currently moving. So I've been going back and forth between Detroit and Nashville, and I'm trying to make Nashville my full time permanent residence. But it's just it's so complicated, and everything like moving out of state permanently is so difficult. So that's pretty much been taking up all of my spare time. Um, I am still working full time. I'm doing my session singing and stuff. But in terms of personal projects, not a whole lot. <laughs> my personal project has been moving. Moving is, is just no fun to anybody. I don't yeah. think I don't I don't like doing it. And, and I know we were talking before the show and you said you hired someone and it's extremely stressful. So I guess no matter what you do, it's right. uh, it's always going to be stressful. Moving is I don't know. It's, it's almost like a, a mental cleaning. It's never easy to go through your mind nor your physical stuff, I guess. Right. And I'm at the point where I'm like, I if I haven't opened a box in a year, I don't even care what's in it. You know, like, why do I need to bring this? But I don't I know. There's probably something in there that I need. So I'm not going to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, a purge needs to happen because we used to carry from place to place to place. I mean, just this box full of, of just nonsense that we just never, <laughs> never, ever used, you know, like, uh, right. I don't know, just, just crap. And finally, one day I was like, I'm throwing it away. I don't care. Because clearly whatever's in that box, I don't need because I haven't needed. I haven't thought about it in a long time. So right. it's a good idea just to purge. Right. And do you notice this, those little tiny things that, that hold you up the most? Like you can prepare for months at end and get everything packed up, but it's always the little tiny, like loose items that you can't fit in boxes as things that hold you up. Yeah. And I don't know if you were like this too, but I would have just a little bit of space in a box of 
I don't know, dishes. And I'd be like, oh, I can fit my leggings in here. And then six <laughs> months later, I'm like, where are those leggings? I have no idea what I did with them. <laughs> That's the box you never check anymore. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I'm glad to. I'm glad you're back. You know, things have changed uh, in, in a little bit of time that we haven't spoke. And, yeah. you know, it just, uh, it's just been, it's been a, a very bumpy ride. I, I use the excuse that life was calling and I had to, you know, get out there and, and you know, work because clearly this is not making any money. But I'm back. We're back. And we're going to stay here for a very, very long time, as long as they keep listening. How's that? Awesome. All right. So let's talk about the one song I did want to talk about off Zebrastone. I know it's been, you know, a while, but The Wind, <laughs> The Clouds, and The Sea. Who is that about? Oh, I have to be kind of, it is a very personal story. So I have to be careful here. It's about a relative. And this relative goes through relationships pretty quickly. And the family is kind of, you know, talks about her behind her back and not in a nice way. And so I wanted to tell her story in kind of a way that was more favorable to her and kind of explain the story you know, a little bit from her point of view, not having asked her, I don't, she doesn't know that it's about her, but ironically, some of the same family members that talk about her, that's one of their favorite songs and they have no idea that it's about her. So I have to be careful with that, but I think I've said enough that, you know, if they're listening, they probably know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, it's a beautiful song and that's, that's one of the songs, one of my favorite songs off the album. That's why I asked you about it because I, I'm listening to it, and I don't think we spoke about it before because I, I listened to our previous interview before this, and I don't think we we didn't talk about that. We talked about the album, and there was just something just about that that just kind of really stuck out to me. And I was like, I'm going to ask her about it this time. Thank you. Yeah, I was just trying to like I don't know bring a different perspective or whatever to it. So eleven songs. I know you probably have a hell of a lot more of that in your catalog. Where are they? When are you going to put them out? I've been working on, so there were a couple of songs that were supposed to make it on that album that did not because I just didn't feel that they were ready. And I actually filmed a music video for one of them and we're just working on the mixing right now because I'm super picky about that and I don't want it to sound like this last album did. I want there to be, you know, some cohesiveness, but like a clear distinction. And so we're having a hard time just finding the right people and finding, honestly, the time to get it all together. So, um, yeah, I'm working on a couple and I like my part of it is done. The vocals are done, but we're just now in the mixing, mastering, release phase of it. And I don't think I'll release another album. It'll probably be, you know, an EP or something like that. That's that's interesting. Most artists are like that, though, too. Um, I know Tony Braxton said the same thing. She's kind of a she calls herself a Tasmanian devil when she goes into the studio <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot in, in every artist catalog that it just feels the same way it's just not ready but what I, I mean I know we're our number one critic but what makes you think that they're not ready what makes you think that we the listeners wouldn't enjoy it um with okay so the one example I'm working on is a song called far too soon and that was supposed to go on Zebrastone, and just the songwriting wasn't done. I just didn't feel like it was fully ready. And so I got that ready. But now we just have all of the tracks, like all of the stems, but they're not mixed yet. So they definitely need to be mixed before we put them out there. And we've submitted it to several people and just kind of see like 
what ideas they would bring to it. So really it's just between moving and, you know, keeping my day job and singing <laughs> other people's songs. I just haven't had time. <laughs> singing everyone else's song, but your own. Isn't that crazy? Right. That's absolutely correct. That's what I've been doing. And I don't want to like with zebra stone, I just threw it online. And I think I made like one tweet about it. that was like, Hey, my album's out. And I don't want to do that again. Cause that obviously isn't the best promotion strategy. So I want to kind of make sure I'm doing it right this time. Right. And it, it brings me to my next point. I just noticed that you just tweeted out about uh, the marketing. Obviously, you're very, very good at marketing uh, and your blog, you know, so uh, the, the post about the free and paid marketing ideas for your YouTube. Talk to me about that. That was a project that I did last year. And I was studying different methods that musicians can use to grow their YouTube channel. And I was implementing it myself. I wasn't doing it fully because I, I think I only have like, I don't know, 500 some YouTube subscribers. So obviously I didn't do it like fully correctly, but I was sharing everything that I had learned and trying to help other musicians grow their channel. I really think honestly, the biggest way is to be controversial. I mean, look at, you know, any, major YouTube person, they're usually in some sort of controversy at some point. I, yeah, I agree. It's tough because you really, you know, even with podcasting and, and anything, even your music and things like that, it's just so tough because you don't know who's going to be listening and how they're going to be feeling when they're listening to it, whether they're going <laughs> to love it or hate it. And I agree with the controversy because there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of YouTubers, but I'm just not interested in getting in that drama, you know, like either you like me for the purity of the content, I, I shouldn't have to go out and do a crazy ass stunt because I <laughs> right. get some more views, you know, like, exactly. I don't, I, I do agree with that. And it's just so weird these days. Cause again, even with the show, it's just so hard to reach an audience. Cause now everybody's doing it, you know, and, right. and celebrities of course rocket to the top cause they already have a following to begin with. So like they can launch something now and it's number one the next day, because guess what? They just sent out that one tweet I send out, I have to send out like a hundred a week just to get noticed. <laughs> right. It is. And I think we have to make a choice. Like, do I want to be super famous or do I not want to offend half of the people that know who I am? You know what I mean? It's weird. It's, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. I don't want to create controversy just for the sake of being famous or known or whatever. And, you know, it, it makes me think of Kathy Griffin, for instance. I'm not sure if you're a fan or not, but I mean, I, I love Kathy. I love her work. I love her audacity to, to go out and do it, even before the whole Trump thing. Right. But now, like when she was going through that controversy with the, the Trump head, now if you look at her Twitter feed, it's so negative. Like I almost unfollowed her a couple days ago because she's just constantly i mean i know what kind of state the state is in i know you know what we're we all see it but mm -hmm. it's a constant reminder and for somebody who claims that they're never going to perform in the u.s she's selling out all over the place all of a sudden but like it goes back to your point though uh, clearly you have to be controversial to do anything yeah so she's are you like i haven't checked her twitter but you're, she's being negative about what just her career or about the u.s or both or uh, she's being negative about Trump. Obviously, she hates him. Oh, right. I mean, okay. that's yeah. that's no secret. But it's just the constant like, you know, F this and, you know, and I can't believe you guys did that. And it's, you know, <laughs> and, and again, I get it. It's that's what it's there for. It's there for us to voice our opinion. It's there for us to follow the topics that interest us the most. But 
at the same time, I feel like with her platform and and the amount of views and listens that she gets, I feel like she's not using it in the most appropriate way. You know, it's it's like adding fuel to the fire, as it were. We we know there's a problem, but what's the solution? And you, of all people, have that opportunity to try to help the solution instead of creating more problems. Mm-hmm. Like she's buckling down on her stance. <laughs> right, exactly. And again, I know it's her opinion, and I, and I don't disrespect right. that. It's just that, you know, I mean, even Cher does it sometimes, too. We all know Cher's an avid Trump hater as well. And <laughs> she gets on there, but then she'll start talking about other things because she knows when to draw back. She's like, okay, right. we've had enough of this. You know, this is what's going on in my life. Yeah, Cher's Twitter is a wild ride. It's <laughs> very interesting. I, I love her, though, because yeah. she's just so... She means well, in in my opinion. She she truly means well, and it's just so funny the way she tries to get things out there. It's just, right. it's just hysterical, some of the stuff that she says and, and does. And that's why I said I, I love following her, because she'll go on her political rant for a while. And I, listen, both Cher and Kathy are not wrong. I totally agree with right. what they're saying. But it, it's just like constantly going in on the same topic. And it's just, you know, I, what are we going to do to fix it? That's That's all right. I'm asking. Yeah, agreed. I know that you love writing. Talk yes. to me about what inspires you to write. Like songwriting or just general? Just general, because I know you do blogs, you do the songs. So, yeah. you know, just what what is it? Because I, I mean, honestly, I can't. I mean, I, I barely wrote your intro, so I, I just can't sit <laughs> <laughs> I can't write nothing. Um, Honestly, reading inspires me to write the most. I'll just read articles. I read all day, every day, but it'll be a certain sentence that I'll pick out and it'll inspire me like, oh, I could write a whole blog about that topic, you know, and so I'll so just reading a lot is really what makes me write the most for songs. I haven't really been in a place where I could do that because I need some time and space away from the songs that I'm working on for other people. Because, you know, I get melodies stuck in my head and I don't want to use them from somebody else. Sure. So I just haven't had a break to do that. But for blog writing, it's it's harder to put a blog together, like add all the photos and the videos and all of the references than it is to write it. So the hard part comes after it's written. Why? Why is it after it's written? It's just it's honestly it's tedious because I have yeah. to you can't just throw a bunch of words on a page anymore. People need visuals and graphs and videos <laughs> and whatever. So I've got to go and collect all of that and add it and I've got to format it so that it looks nice and all of that. So it's just a oh, lot wow. of work. It's like sculpting almost. You've got <laughs> Yeah. After you've written it is when the hard work starts. That's that's crazy. So, yeah, so you write the song and then you have to go into and you're talking about when you're presenting it to the artist. This is for blog writing. For songwriting, it. it's it's a different animal, but songwriting is I'm either in the mood to do it or I'm not, and that's kind of hard for me. I need to improve that and get to a point where I can write whenever I need to. But for some reason right now, I've just been in a just a desert and like no ability to come up with anything for a while. Well, you have a lot going on too. No, I, I feel you on that because that's the way it is sometimes with confessions. Like there's some days that I'm super motivated. I'm pumped. I want to do it. I'm so excited for it. Then there's other days where I'm like, okay, Oh yeah, my God, right. another one of these. Holy crap. Like, like I'm so <laughs> excited about this. Um, I've launched a new segment called this is my story and I, I can't, 
I can't express like how crazy the world is right now with with all these people. And I don't know if you had a chance to to listen to it or not, but the story about Marcus. And no, I saved it. I haven't yet, but I'm excited. I want to like know what this is about. Oh man, let me tell you. Uh, so <laughs> it is about a guy who I believe is in 2015. Uh, he was walking a friend home from wherever they were at, and someone hit them head on, and he wound up in this guy's windshield or, or oh, girls wow. uh, this this driver's windshield, and the ca- the car kept driving for like 15 seconds, and then eventually threw him to the to the ground and left. He lost all like his muscles in his arms. He lost all the, the the leg feelings and things. But it was like five surgeries and learning how to walk and talk again. And his story was so emotional. And, you know, at first it's kind of like a downer, but then it really brings you up because he was so excited to be able to tell his story. And he just, you know, I, I have it where people can call in and just leave me as long as they need to um, stories about their lives. And it just blew up. Like I just threw like the one tweet that was the one time in my life, one tweet actually worked. Um, it, <laughs> it just actually blew up and it just caught like wildfire. So people are calling in now and leaving these audio messages about their stories. And, and I have so many other great ones coming up too. Um, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I'm really, really excited about it because it's, it's sort of like how we used to read the confessions, yeah. but their stories are coming from, you know, their, their tragedy to how they are, how they push through and they're inspiring people today. So it's really, really amazing. Yeah. How cool. So that was, that was pretty intense. When I first heard it, I heard his story. I was like, holy crap, this is, this is amazing. So good job, Marcus. If you're listening, I really do appreciate that. Cause that was, Ooh, I can't wait for you to hear it. I can't wait to hear yeah, your feedback about it. I'm excited. It. I keep, I plan to, I just, I haven't had a chance yet, but I definitely will. That's awesome. So last time we spoke to you were talking about a book. It hasn't been released yet, but now it has called Way Less Cowbell. How has that been for you? Um, you know what? I haven't put it on Amazon and I really think that's where you need to be right now. It's just through my <laughs> website. So it's very private. It's done okay. But, you know, you have to first be on my website to even see it. Whereas I think, you know, if it was on a place where people are looking for books, it would be easier. So. <laughs> That's one of my goals, too. I just, you know, it's on my to-do list, just buried pretty far down. But, yeah, I'm excited about it. I think um, once it gets on Amazon, hopefully I'll get, you know, reviews and stuff like that. Because when you buy it from my website, you can't leave, like, a rating or anything either. So I think it's hard for people to even know what it is or how helpful it is. So, yeah, it's just something I got to work on. <laughs> I just I feel talk, like I have like nothing interesting to tell oh, you. Oh, <laughs> you're you're totally an interesting person. I love talking to you because because of this, it's so low key and laid back, and it's like, bah, you know, I'll just get there when I get there. And I love that though because it's not like a a constant promotion. It's an actual conversation, you know. And that's what I that's why I was so excited to invite you back on because I was like, oh my god, we're gonna have a conversation. I don't have to talk about nothing. We could just watch paint dry <laughs> and it'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been reading up on you. I've been I've been watching your tweets and stuff. That's why I said that the whole blogging thing for you is just amazing. I've read some of your blogs and 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 some of the tips and stuff and there's definitely a lot of research that goes into those. Yeah, I it takes a long time. I love blogging and I would love to make almost pivot and make that more of my career. I just 
don't know how to make money with blogging. So I, I don't know. It's another thing to add to the to-do list, I guess. <laughs> so since you've been on the last 15 minutes, it's just, you know, you got this laundry list right. to do all of a sudden. <laughs> Those are like three out of like 500 things that I need to do. I do love the story, though, about when you were 14 and your grandparents had to drive you from studio to studio. That's when you began writing, correct? Yes. Yeah. And they, they wanted to stop because I wasn't making any money. And they were like, we're spending so much money driving you all around Detroit, having you sing for whoever. <laughs> and so finally I got my own car, but I still didn't charge any money because I didn't know how much to even, or like, it's all, it's an awkward conversation to ask for money, you know, especially when you're a 16 year old kid. So you know, it's been a while, but now I charge. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awkward conversation to have with anybody at, at any age, yeah. I think. Um, it's just like when, you know, I get new stuff and I try to sell my old stuff, like a family member's like, oh, how much you want for that? I'm like, uh, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I just right. feel awkward charging you for it. Yeah. That's funny. That is hilarious. So 14, driving around all over the place. And then also, I understand you write songs for people, too. Like, what what kind of songs have you written for people? Are they crazy? Um, well, I turned down the super crazy ones cause I've had some, <laughs> definitely had some requests that I'm like, ah, uh, no, but I've written, I wrote a song for a guy to propose to his girlfriend with. I wrote a song. This one was kind of interesting. It was like a song that a husband wrote to his wife, but from the perspective of their baby. So that Aww. was, really, yeah, that was neat. Um, so just stuff like that is people and, um, they typically come to me with an idea, which is really interesting because I think people are better at songwriting than they think they are. Cause they'll come to me and they'll say like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no experience, but I was thinking like, you know, blend some Taylor Swift with some like fifth harmony and, you know, throw in a little bit. I'm like, dude, that's an idea though. You know what I mean? Like you have ideas, you know what you're talking about. So yeah, so I do that. It's fun. I don't, that's probably, I don't know, 20% of my work. Most of my work is just singing songs that other people have written and finished. So when you say you're singing songs, what, like, what do you do with the finished product after you sing it? They do whatever they do with them. Um, and it depends on the client. Like I just did a movie theater chain commercial for all of Michigan. So that was a pretty big one. And I had a voiceover for that too. Nice. Um, but then others are just like private, you know, somebody just wants to do a song and they just, it's either a male, so they need a female voice or they need me for backgrounds or I don't know, whatever. So yeah, it just, it all depends on the client and what they plan on doing with it. That's so interesting. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Cause I saw that on your website too, where you are, are writing for people. And I was like, how does, that's but to your point though about us not it goes back to earlier in the conversation too like even when you said your songs aren't ready or you felt they weren't ready I think we have it in us it just is a matter of making sure that even with confession like I'll I'll go to my husband sometimes and be like I don't think this sounds right what do you think about this it's fine it's fine and I'll spend hours doing something <laughs> that I could have just released and been done with it already but I continuously right. try to make it better and better and I'm like no no I don't like it I don't like it <laughs> yeah definitely and I think that for me like having a client having somebody who's waiting on me with a deadline I can finish it really quickly like in a week but myself it'll take me a year and eight months because I'm not holding myself to it you know 
Oh, I hold myself too. It takes me a year to eight months because <laughs> I uh, I just continuously I'll delete it and re-record, delete it and re-record, and <laughs> you know, and that that's a problem because there's so much material. I mean, I have so much material I need to release, but I just want to make sure that it, at least for me it's perfect. You know, I want right. everybody to hear. Um, because the show isn't about me, it's about them and their hurt and their sorrow, but also how they overcame it. So I want to make sure that whatever message they're delivering, it's delivered as clear as possible. You know, I just had an interview ourselves to that. I'll force you to release your stuff. You force me (laughs) to release my stuff. We'll just tweet at each other every day. Anything new? I just uh, spoke to Bianca Ryan from America's Got Talent, and we were talking about that and and just pushing through and and being that person to just you know just to you you got to find the motivation. You got to be at whatever your energy is. That's that's where I think my problem is because you know I've got so many things you know juggling so many things right now, and it's just like oh my god, do I, one has to go, but it really doesn't. You know, it's just crazy. Yeah. So I sent you a confession last night that I would love for you to read so we can discuss because this is a very good one. I keep forgetting to call my friends the pronouns that they prefer, specifically the quote unquote they them pronoun. Mainly it's because my grammar is more traditional. I can understand calling someone he or she if they prefer it, but calling a singular person they or them is easy for me to slip up. In my mind, they or them should be used for plural people. He or she is easier because it still refers to one person. At my work, there is someone who prefers to be called by they or them. But when I talk to my managers or coworkers about this person, they call her she. This makes me feel weird to try to correct them in the middle of the conversation since they're just trying to talk to me about work. So I end up going along with it and calling them she as well, or I just feel choked and only refer to them by their name. In an ideal world, everyone would be able to respect people's pronouns and call them accordingly. Do you think that calling people their preferred pronouns is going to become an official kind of etiquette that is taught in schools in the future? Should I keep trying to change my traditional understanding of grammar to respect my friends when it causes confusion for others? Is this just an internet slash young person trend that is going to be phased away once they get older? For perspective, I'm 29 and my friends who do the pronoun thing are all around 20 to 23. Signed, confused in Detroit. I am also in Detroit, and I am also confused. I didn't write this, but I feel you. I, okay, I, this is such a crazy topic. This is a controversial topic, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, what are your thoughts? I know you you got a lot going on right now. Yeah. Um. So my question is, I it's all for me in the intent of the manager or coworkers are they trying to be malicious are they purposely saying well she blah 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 when they know she prefers to be called they or them if that's the case i feel like that's almost an hr issue like if they're going out of their way to be verbally sure. you know what i mean i i don't know cuz they didn't really touch on that whether or not they cuz maybe this person only wants to be called they or them in close circles. Maybe they don't want to be that out to the office. I don't know, because that wasn't really mentioned either. So I I don't know. It's all about, to me, the intent of the managers and what that person really wants in terms of the workplace. So I would start by asking them, you know, hey, if somebody refers to you as the wrong pronoun, what, what should I do? What would you like me to do in that situation? 
Yeah, I I agree. I think, but it goes back to just like we were talking about, like even charging people. Uh, first of all, I don't think it's an age thing at all. I think uh, no. it's just the the society that we live in, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is such a hot button topic to me because I respect people's identity. I respect their gender. I respect how they feel on the inside. But unfortunately, it's all about what's on the outside. So if you look like a man and you want to be called she, you know, how can you distinguish that? How can you, or, or vice versa, if you look like a female and you want to be called he, you know, so it, it goes back to if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Um, and, and I'm not being rude by any means, but that's just how I perceive this stuff because I can barely keep he, she together to begin with and to throw another <laughs> pronoun into it sometimes. It's like, you know, I, I mean, we all have that mother that would call us every name but ours, you know, so it's right. just, that's how I, I think of this this topic because it's it's such an interesting thing that, you know, somebody would want to call he or she and you know, I always make the joke when when I've gotten called she a couple times and I'm like, well, you know, if you pay me, I could be whatever you want me to be. But, <laughs> you know, but it's just such an interesting thing. And, and I I don't know. Um, You know, I've had a situation where I've worked with uh, a person who wanted to be called a, a they, actually. And that just blew my mind. I'm like, but you're, you're not a they. You're a one. You know, you're one person. <laughs> and and again, this is not meant to be malicious at all, but this is just how I'm processing this. And we're asked to respect the pronoun, but you also have to respect the thought process that goes behind it and the other person too. So was it easy for you to, I mean, how did you, were you able to call them they or them or did you just not? <laughs> I, I it, it was so difficult because again, when you're walking up to this person and you're like, uh, you know, uh, somebody will ask you, did, did they get that together? Uh, she uh, they she they did it you know it's just I, I try to be mindful of of those situations but you know again we're how old is this language the he she language you know so it's it's like training an old dog new tricks and it's just completely turning our minds in a completely different direction and it's just going to take some more time I think we're not ready for this we're not ready for this at all <laughs> And that's why I think, for, in my opinion, the intent matters. You know, if the managers are just slipping up, if they're, you know, if they mean well, but they just forget, like you were saying, like you just did, then, I, you know, I would just, I don't think you should cut your manager off in the middle of speaking and be like, hey, 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 no. You know what I mean? That's kind of a hostile workplace environment. Especially if that person's not present either i mean right you know what they want to be called but you know could go back to your point though it could be a personal thing too maybe when those two co-workers are hanging out you know because it, there's a big trust factor in this too that you want me to call you they or she or uh you know he she <laughs> see i just did it and it's just <laughs> it's just so con- I, I can't trick my brain into to understanding and not that i don't respect it i just can't understand it and if i can't understand something i can't effectively use it yeah so I would, I mean, at first I would talk to them specifically and, you know, ask them, are you, is this something the whole workplace knows? And are you wanting us to all enforce this? Or is it just between you and me or like your close colleagues or, you know, and then go from there because, you know, you don't want to put them in a weird position either where you tell the manager something that they didn't want the manager to know. Yeah, that's that's a good point too because, you know, like I said, it could be a trust thing where, you know, like, hey, Mel, I prefer you call me she when we're around. But it's it's hard, though. See, do you see how complicated this yeah. is? Looking at the whole picture, 
to me, like if I'm just telling you, I want you to call me she. So now I can understand why this listener's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do because right. they want me to call her she, but the boss keeps calling him he. So it turns into this, like, you know what they want to be called and you're trying to uh, respect. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, in the, the, person said they all call her she so they all do so I'm like okay so is this like everybody's ganging up on them or is it nobody else knows but this person you know that's a that's kind of a important thing to ask yeah that's true too because like you said in the meeting you know you're right I mean I would never interrupt my boss and be like wait a minute <laughs> Mel right. wants to be called he so from now on I need you to do this especially <laughs> right. if, if Mel is not present but I don't know. I Again, pronouns to me have just been such a confusing thing. And it came up so quickly. You know, it's not like we were introduced to it and this is how it's going to be. It's like, no, now I'm a they, I'm an it, I'm I'm this. And it's just, I, how do you feel about these pronouns? I, you know, whatever people want to call themselves is completely fine with me. I don't have an issue with it, but I do see where it would create a problem with, you know, in this situation like this or... You know, and I don't know if this how upset they are by this happening, if they've even mentioned it, because they didn't say that in this confession either. You know, if it's bothering them, then I then that's a whole other thing. Right. But in terms of like what people want to be called, I'm absolutely fine with it. But like you said, just go easy on me if I forget, because <laughs> it's not coming from a negative place. It's not I don't mean to. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm. I respect it. I just might forget. I might slip up. Yeah, there was a... Have you seen the video of the transgender uh, person at GameStop um, when he got into a fight with that manager? No. So there was a video of, of a transgendered uh, uh, male to female um, who is now dressed as a female. And, it, of course, it only starts halfway through. There's Apparently, there's an argument. I'm not sure what that person was trying to do, whether return a game or whatever the situation was. But the clerk kept calling him sir and he kept screaming at see i just did it she kept screaming at the clerk saying i'm a ma'am i am a she you need to you know you need to respect me i am a she and i, I everybody made fun of it it became a meme you know miss swan from mad tv was on there you look like a man and and she she did she you know really very much resembled a man and we all can tell that she was transgender but that's the insensitivity that I hope is not happening here because we clearly see that this person wants to be referenced to as as a female, considering that this person's dressing and acting like a female. I don't know the situation with the workplace, but I know with that situation, when I watched that video, the, it, it just invoked a lot of emotions for me because I'm looking at this video and, you know, maybe the clerk, I mean, I, it's GameStop, you know, so some 18 year old going to college doesn't give a shit about their job. It just invoked a lot of emotion because it's like, I, I see what they're trying to do here. They're trying to make this, this whole trans thing. And I, I don't feel that way. I think that it's actually the clerk's fault because you can use your own eyes and you could see very plainly that this person wants to, they're wearing their pronoun pretty much. Right. Well, I remember watching, uh, I think it was a documentary or something on Chaz Bono, actually bringing it back to Cher. And they were interviewing Cher and she kept calling Chaz she. And she was saying, I think she even said in it, like, that's going to be hard for me to get through that. And I, I, it was weird for me watching it. But then I thought, you know, this is 
share is Chaz's mom. It's got to be hard for her, you know, to make that adjustment. So I don't know. It was, it was, that was interesting to me. It is interesting because they, I don't know how old Chaz was at the time, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they share and raised this child that was a she her whole life pretty much until she decided to become a he. And right. again, that's simple. You know, if you, if you want to be called sir, dress like a sir. If you want to be called ma'am, dress like a ma'am. So if I can clearly see that somebody is transitioning, I can, you know, make that adjustment. It's the they's and the it's, and that is what gets me. I just don't understand that part of it. Right. And I think that's what this person was saying, that grammar, like they or them is for plural, and that's what's tripping them up. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the case for everybody in the office. I don't see. It's weird because I don't know the dynamic of this workplace. It might be an awful, toxic place where they're all ganging up on this person or it might just be, you know, everybody's cool. They just don't either don't know or they're not meaning to. They're just slipping up. Right. So if we determine that it's awful toxic, then clearly HR has to get involved. Otherwise, it's one of those things where you're just going to have to talk to the friend and just apologize and say, you know, listen, I, I do you want it between us? Do you want everybody to know this? I mean, hell, wear a name tag. You know, I, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Right. I mean, that's terrible, but it's 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 true. I mean, again, you're you're trying to reprogram, you know, a, a million old brain that's trying to process all this information that has not been presented yet. So, yeah. And then in terms of the question they asked about, do you think calling people whatever is going to be taught in schools? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I'm not I'm not sure. I know that some schools are maybe being more progressive, but I can guarantee in other certain schools, it's absolutely not just depending on what type of school it is. So, you know, it's, I actually, really... it's a great question. I mean, I wonder if education these days about these particular topics would, I mean, kids these days, they're just, I mean, they're just plain out rude and, and angry. I don't know why they're so <laughs> mad, but I know when I was going to school and maybe I was, I don't know. Cause I was, you know, I, I don't know who I was then, but I, I don't know. It's that that's got to be a hard topic. I know my best friend, her daughter is in high school and there's a couple of kids that go by different pronouns. There's a couple of kids who are transgender at such a young okay. age, too. So I don't know that they're necessarily teaching it. Um, will they teach it? I that's I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you think they should teach it? Oh, I well, so when I was a kid, like you know, forever ago, but they didn't have books like they have now where they have like, you know, where they show that there, you can have two dads or you can have two moms. Like that was not, I don't remember ever seeing books or like kids shows or anything like that. I don't know if you do, but for me, it was not being taught and now it is. So I, I think it could be a thing in the future, definitely, but I don't know what their criteria is. I don't know how they, you know, and anytime a book like that has been introduced, of course there's been pushback and people haven't liked it. And it's hard enough just to get like regular basic sex education in schools. And so many of them don't have it. Like, I don't know if you saw that John Oliver piece on sex education, No, but schools are so, so bad at teaching kids like I'll, I'll send you the link to it because it's worth checking out. But there are some schools that their video about sex ed is like, God wants you to wait till marriage. Don't have sex until you're married. <laughs> like, that's it. That's their sex education. So Holy crap. 
Yeah. So I think we're a long ways off from making they or them a mandatory thing. I agree because they're stopped. They're uh, stopped teaching cursive in school now too. So yeah. most of these kids that are gonna, you know, be taking over after us, they won't even know how to, you know, pretty much write their name in cursive, which I think is crazy. Yeah. It's like one of the first things I learned. I remember learning it in school, but it is. It's a very interesting question, a very interesting topic, and. I don't know. I mean, I guess the only way at this point they're going to be educated is when they encounter them. So the mm -hmm. only thing I can really say is just to make sure you educate your kids at home. Um, and again, I know she said it'd be 20 and 23, but it's not an age thing. I, I assure you that no. it's 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 definitely not an age thing. But I I would just encourage America or everybody just to really, really educate their kids at home about this stuff, you know, before they go to school, because there's going to be a period in time where they're going to be encountered and how they act is, is based on what, how much they know about it. Right. Exactly. And I think it's important. Again, I, I am totally cool with anybody being known as or going by whatever they want. I am 100% fine with that. But in terms of knowing what to call people, I think that's the, the confusion part. <laughs> It is very confusing. It, it truly yeah. is. I mean, again, you don't want to insult anybody. Not um, at all. Because there's there's even, uh, and unfortunately, there's females that look like males and males that look like females just genetically. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's not, they're doing it on purpose. So, you know, I once talked to a gentleman named Lindsay on the phone and I was like, okay, ma'am, thank you. I'll see you soon. And he was like, no, I'm a guy. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I didn't mean that. Sorry. <laughs> so, right. You know, and again, it's just it's it's all about how we react to it. I think that's what that's what I think this whole thing is really about. It's just our reactions to it. And in order to react to something, we got to know about it. In order to do that, we got to be educated. So it really stems back to you know childhood. I think. And you know, who's to say these kids won't have a teacher that wants to go by they or them? And that in that case, I'm sure they'll get you know some type of education on it. Maybe in what that circumstance. What if your boss wanted to be called they or them? You know, like so it it could stem all the way up through. I mean, I can't imagine going to work one day and being like, "You will now refer to me as they or them." And it's just like, I don't know. That would be so. That would be so complicated. I wonder if that's an HR issue though these days because it's not so widely recognized and known yet. Right. Hmm. Again, I, I think it, it boils down to intent, whether they're your boss or your coworker. If it's just an accidental thing, but you mean well, versus. I'm going to make sure this person knows that they are biologically male because that's what God wants and blah, blah, blah. You know, then that, that to me is workplace intimidation and not yeah. okay. And believe me, it happens more than you think. I mean, it is just, it's a crazy, crazy world we live in. And, yeah. and these people nowadays, oh my God. So I guess, you know, to answer your question, definitely educate, educate, educate. And, if, and you know, back to your point earlier about the books and things, like we didn't have them back in the day. But now we have the internet, you know, we have That's right in, the, in our, the palm of our hands. If we're not understanding something, you got to be able to, you got to have the mindset to say, okay, I don't understand this, but let me try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would talk to them, make sure that, you know, what's happening is what they want. And then in turn, don't cut your manager off or your coworkers off and step all over them but you can of course refer to them as them when you're responding or whatever you know if that's what they want so that's really that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> that's 
I mean, I think that's that's good. I really, truly do. And I, you know, with these things, like we've talked in the past, it leaves so many questions, you know, like, like you said, the first thing you were like, well, I have questions, you know, so, yeah. so we have to go by, you know, face value and just kind of make the best judgment based on, on the information that's given to us. Right. All right. Well, Mela, thank you so much for your time today. Do you have anything you want to leave our listeners with? No, not right. Uh, if you want to see what I'm currently working on, you can go to mellowmusic.com. I usually keep that pretty updated with what I've got going on. I'm almost always working on some type of little project, like trying different things to see if it works for singers and seeing how it impacts my singing. So I, that's really all I got for you right now. But if you come come to that website, you'll see whatever I've got going on at the time. And it's great, too. It's a very interesting read. I mean, her blog is definitely chock full of great information, especially if you want to get in the music industry. Um, marketing and, and just the writing in itself is, is pretty amazing. So I would definitely recommend checking it out. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you again. It's always so great catching up with you. And, and make sure you look for my tweets every day when I ask 